For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 270 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Hals Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're recording on a Friday evening. It's it's Star Wars Squadrons Day, everybody. Oh, dude, I bought it and downloaded it last night. I, it pre-downloaded. I pre-ordered it, technically. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't had a chance to play it. Like, I'm, like, itching to play it. Yeah, well, let me tell you my pre-order story my friend so you know last week when we recorded on last wednesday i had a a litany of technical difficulties well it turns out after we got off our recording i called my internet service provider and long story short there was an outage in our area that's what was causing all the technical difficulties but by thursday morning when i got up it was fixed Everything's been working fine since. Oh, that's great. Well, that is until last night. Oh. Uh, I get done with my work about 9, 9.30, so I'm thinking, all right, this is about, what, an hour and a half before I can play Squadrons, because it goes live, when you when you pre-order it digitally, it goes live at 12 Eastern, which would be 11 for us, right? Right. So I'm just hanging out, and uh, that's when I notice... Uh, our internet's acting a little weird on my phone. So once again, we had another service outage in our area. Oh and God. despite the fact that I had pre-ordered and pre-downloaded the game, my internet wor- wasn't working well enough to verify that I had a legit download of the game. Because you know the first time you um, fire it up, it verifies it. Right. Couldn't do that. So... No squadrons for me last night. So I'm a little behind the ball on squadrons myself. Have you been able to play today? Yes, I've played a a little bit today. um, How is it? I'll fill you in. It's it's pretty good. We don't have a ton to talk about this week. so I'm jumping the gun. We'll we'll do some of that later. I'll I'll fill you in on a little squadrons um, and some other stuff, and then we'll hear from our friends. Probably another short-ish episode this week because... We're itching to get to some squadrons. I think uh, I think if you have the opportunity to play tonight, buddy, 
that there's going to be a four-piece waiting on you. Really? Uh, we might have a full squadron ready to roll. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> well, anyways, before we get to all that, uh, you guys should like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. should follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at blueharvestpod. In fact, uh, tune in to the Twitch, twitch.tv slash blueharvestpod. I'll be streaming Squadrons all weekend on and off. So feel free to stop by and check out the game if you don't have it yourself and chat with us. Have a good old time. Um, we have a Patreon if you want to support our show. Uh, for as little as $3 a month, you'll get access to our exclusive RSS feed where we post all our bonus shows. We have a brand new Hall Solo up there. Steele and I recorded a brand new year by podcast that will be up before too long. And next Saturday the 10th, he will be doing a live premiere of the video version on his YouTube channel. The Steel oh, that's Wars awesome. YouTube channel. So uh, I believe he and I will both be in the chat So um, for the YouTube premiere. So come on by, check out the video version, and chat us up. And uh, if you're interested in our Patreon, it's patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And we have a ton of bonus content up there and a large variety of different bonus shows for you to check out so how's your week been buddy it's been busy it's been busy uh just you know keeping being keeping a dad a, keeping a baby alive and dealing with a toddler at the same time mm. it's uh it's a new experience that, but that I'm buddy. Doing good good glad to hear it staying safe and whatnot Oh, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I live in isolation. I hear you, buddy. Besides, My house is like a monastery. Besides a couple of very short trips to the courthouse for work, you know, during the week, I'll be at home, my man. My wife goes to work, you know, every day pretty right. much. And I, I'll i make the grocery store runs once a you know, month, once every three weeks. Yeah. Um, dude. Um, so, you know, you've known me going on, fuck, 15 years at this point now? Right. So you've, you've known me to be a bit of a homebody. I don't mind hanging out at home. I remember your going out days. I I met you during your going out days. Yeah, the tail end of it, right? Like, that was sort of, as that desire to go out and get fucked up and be dumb, um, was, that flame was burning out. Well, anyways, <clears throat> so, you know, I would say at first, uh, the whole quarantine, isolation, staying home thing didn't bother me all that much. You know, besides just your general, right? what the fuck is going on in the world today anxiety. Well, what I have found is in the last couple of weeks, I have, it started to bother me a little more. Not in any big way. But how I've noticed this is I have really started to fall down some weird YouTube rabbit holes. How so? For instance, I watched, and I have a little more time to watch stuff like this because Jessie's been doing her classes every day. But the other day I watched mm, two to three hours of Star Wars Celebration footage. And I don't mean 
you know, like professionally done footage of the panels. I mean, just footage of people walking the con floor and looking at all the different vendors. Like, oh, you know, wow. Stuff, you know, shit I would have been doing this year had we lived in a normal world. Yeah, like somebody's just private video of them walking the floor and stuff. Not, Not private, just, yeah. but like they posted it to YouTube, obviously. Right, right, exactly. Or uh, concert bootlegs. Been tearing up the concert bootlegs. Concert bootlegs. Because there would have, you know, there's probably a pretty high chance that Jesse and I would have at least gone to see Tool one more time this year. Yeah. <clears throat> so I found myself doing that. Oh, in restaurant reviews. Like reviews where a dude will take his camera into a restaurant and order food and just sit there and eat and be like, this burger's really good. Or this uh, fucking tiramisu is delicious. I don't know. That sounds so, awesome. Yeah, man. It's, it's someone who is a fan of going to a restaurant. It is weird to have not been to a restaurant in right? six or seven like, months at this point. Yeah. I haven't <laughs> gone to sit down in a restaurant in forever. I I. I, it's been so long, I couldn't even tell you what the last one was or when it was. Like, probably Chinese buffet, you know? I took a trip to New York. Right at, before the shit kicked off. Right, end of February, first couple of days of March. Mm-hmm. And it kicked off when we got home. Yeah, that was uh, that was not too terribly... Long after Jesse and I took our New Orleans trip. I remember that. Um, Jesse saying we went to Sushi Village on March 11th or 12th. Uh, I'm just, I'm going to assume that she's correct in that assessment. I'm not sure. I took N95 masks. We took N95s because it was in China already at that point. But everybody was like, you're crazy. You're crazy to take those masks. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not that damn crazy. I'm not, I'm not crazy. <clears throat> no, yeah, yeah. I think you probably made the right move there, my friend. Yeah, should have added on more than I did. Um, but it was pre do, before all this shit hit. Before you, New York closed, how, I was probably one of the last wave of tourists to New York before that happened. What do you think? Okay, let's say, you know, however long it is from now, we get our vaccine, right? We're right. Safe. We're we're vaccinated. How weird do you think it's going to be going out without the mask? For the first couple of weeks. I think it's going to be weird. I think we're moving towards more of the Asian model. Where you will see people in public with masks more often. Just it'll become a regular thing. I think that is an excellent idea. You know what I mean? Because the whole idea is they wear masks in public when they're sick. To prevent people from getting to prevent getting other people sick, right? Right. It's a I courtesy mean, that's, thing. That's what the mask is for, basically. Right. I would be totally fine if that becomes regular practice, because you know what I don't want anybody else's germs. Right. You got the sniffles or a cold? Fucking slap a mask on. You won't get any weird looks from me, and I'll do the same. <clears throat> so. Anyways, um, we were just talking. I don't, well, I don't like, you know, yes, it's the new normal, but like, you know, I don't know. That, I don't know that you have to say the new normal because 10 years out from this, everyone probably won't be wearing a mask when, when, when there's, when they feel really safe. We're talking yeah. about next year, year after that. I mean, masks are probably here to stay for the next, you know, four to five years. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like you said, it'll probably be a more, you know, when needed situation instead of like, like me right now. If I were to go into a place without a mask, I'd feel like I was going in there with, with no wear no pants, my ding dong hanging out and shit. You know what and, I mean? But you would have to think celebrities would be like, oh, finally, I can go out without being noticed. I can wear a mask. <laughs> I'm just waiting for them uh, for them to develop like. Boba Fett helmets that work as well as like an N95 mask. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's just make that shit fucking totally acceptable. A medically sealed yeah. helmet. Like, I'll wear a full Mass Effect suit out in public if it was acceptable. I don't give a fuck. Call me the boy in the bubble. <laughs> Anyways. You have robot pants by then. I can, we can only hope. So, um, we were talking about it just a couple minutes ago, but Star Wars Squadrons released today. Yeah, hey, new Star Wars video game day. Yep. I'm going to give you some quick impressions um, of what I think so far. Now, <clears throat> so far I've only played through the two... There's like two t tutorial missions, basically. One where you play as the Empire, one where you play as the Rebels. Um, sort of like a prologue, and then I've played the first full story mission. But for reasons, I've played that mission three times over at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, so each mission, um, besides the prologue missions, each regular mission, has a series of medals, sort of um, optional objectives that you right. can complete. And uh, I'm not sure if it's five in every mission or if it's just in the first mission that there's five of them. But, for instance, it'll be like, uh, you know, complete the mission without dying. Uh, complete the mission in a certain amount of time. Destroy all the TIE fighters before you finish off uh, this certain capital ship. Things like that, right? And conditions. Right. And you know me, man. Once I, I get that mission done and I see that I got four out of the five medals. Oh, well. Re replay. Yep. And the one that was sticking for me was I had to beat the first mission in 16 minutes. So okay. it took three tries to get all five, but I eventually did get it. <clears throat> and I got to say, like, damn, this game is cool. They nailed certain elements of this game so well. Like, okay, do you, you, you will probably know what I'm talking about, especially in the original trilogy, say like in the, uh, attack on the death star, the death star trench run in the first movie yeah. when they show sort of like the side profile or, and even sort of front profile cockpit shots of the X wings and stuff, they sort of bounce around inside the, the, the cockpit. You know what I mean? Like. Right, the pilots do. Yes. Yes. There's like it's like, this... it's like there's uh, turbulence. Yes. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, essentially that was just some poor bastard behind the the cockpit set, like shaking it with a stick or something, right? In real right. life, they nailed that. So like when you're flying in an X-wing and a Tie Fighter and stuff, like it moves and it shakes, it shudders, like they they went the extra mile with some of the small details like that, that I really appreciate. Wow. Um, 
graphically, it's incredible. Um, just the amount of work. And right now, I've only flown an X-Wing and a regular TIE fighter. I haven't flown any of the other ships yet. Right. But the amount of detail that they went into, like the inside of the cockpits with all the different buttons and readouts and stuff is phenomenal. Um, Sounds awesome. The little bit of the story I've gotten so far is really good. Uh, the the cast of the uh, New Republic fighters like that are in Vanguard Squadron with you. Right. Really cool so far. Really varied. Um, there's a character named Grace Sinar. Does Sinar okay. sound familiar to you? No. Sinar Fleet Systems, I believe, is the name of the corporation that manufactures TIE Fighters for the Empire. Oh, okay. And one of their, like someone from their family has defected and joined the Rebellion slash New Republic. Um, I just thought that was sort of an interesting character detail. That you know? is. <clears throat> You've got a, um, a Trandoshan or Trandoshan uh, that's one of the pilots that's really cool. They're all pretty great so far. Um, can't speak to the story much more than little bits here and there. Like I said, I've only played three missions. So, um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm real impressed with it so far. It's, I, I will say there is a lot to keep track of. Okay. So, you know, it, it is not necessarily a pick up and start whipping ass immediately type game. I was wondering how intricate it was, how much you have to manage your thrusters and your targeting, you know, how much dog fighting is there? So far, quite a bit of that. Like, you know, in that mission that I was trying to complete in 16 minutes, you know, I was, you know, pushing all my power to my engines so I could use the fast boost and zip around real quick. And then quickly flipping all my power to my lasers so I could take out a group of TIE fighters really quickly. And you have to, you know, if you're getting locked on by a, a missile, you throttle down to like half speed so you can do faster turns and sort of evade right. the missiles. And then as sort of a last ditch resort, you have countermeasures you can launch to break a, a missile's lock on you, you know? Right. So, <clears throat> so not only are you, you know, <clears throat> flipping your systems around and, and like diverting power and making sure that shit's where it needs to be. You're chasing down TIE fighters or doing attack runs on capital ships and having to watch your back. There's a lot going on. Uh, but the, the way I haven't played yet with my flight stick in squadrons i'll be doing that this evening but on the nice. regular controller at least they've got it mapped out pretty well it's pretty intuitive okay so you know like That's good to know all your um all of your like power systems are on your d-pad so like you hit left on your d-pad and it'll uh pump all the power into your shield or your engines you hit right it'll do shields you hit up it does your lasers you hit down, it it brings it back to like a balance. 
where all three systems are powered equally. You know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> but really looking forward to, because the one element I haven't really gotten to mess around with yet is all the different loadouts and different components you can equip your ships with. You know, lasers and different missile types and hulls and all that. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to that um, and figuring out what all the different components do. Because uh, I have a feeling that'll vary up the gameplay quite a bit as well. That sounds awesome. I can't wait. It's making me so excited. I know, man. It makes me want to be like, all right, well, th there we go, guys. 20-minute episode this week. All right, sounds good. Playtime. Um, Jesse was like... <laughs> What day was it? I think it was yesterday that Jesse was like, you and Will should just play squadrons and record while you play. And I was like, that that shit ain't as easy as you think it is. <laughs> that is a, quite the undertaking to try and pull off and concentrate on doing a podcast. Be like, so Will, did you see the ILM video about the making of the Ray? Oh, shit. Something's up my dick. You got one on your tail. Um, it yeah, would but, be uh, it would be crazy, but we could we could definitely put up. I mean, <laughs> once you make Twitch videos, if we play together, you know, you can include my audio and oh yeah, and uh, it'll be like a little mini episode with us bullshitting and stuff. Now that's a, now that's definitely something we could do. Um, maybe for the Patreon or something would be fun. Uh, but for a regular episode, like we would not get any discussion done other than. Oh no, I'm getting the shit kicked out of me. <laughs> so, uh, I mentioned it, but uh, you didn't get a chance to see it yet, but I thought we'd talk a little bit about the ILM behind the scenes uh, making of the Razorcrest feature that they put out. Right, right, right. Man, is it cool. Um, Like... What can you tell me about the making of the Razor Crest? So, you know, at Celebration last year, during the Mandalorian panel, they kind of unveiled that they made, you know, a model, a miniature of the Razor Crest for certain shots in the show. And this just really expands on how they did that and, like, the process they went through and how they had to rush uh, getting it done and building the motion control rig to get that footage ready for celebration and dude yeah. it makes seem it makes working at ilm seem like one of the coolest fucking jobs in the world that's what this Man. video does and that's the best <laughs> advertising ilm could have you know to have people want to work there man well you know that's what i went to college for my dream was to try and get a job at ilm i guess in another world um but yeah, they um, still time. They uh, they sort of go into detail of like they brought one of the guys back who was one of the model makers for ILM, I believe, during like the prequel era and stuff for sure. Right, and you know how they had to sort of three D print all the elements, and then he went and layered like aluminum on the 3d printed parts to give it like that shiny brushed look right and just uh, dude like it's hard to 
really go into in an audio format, you know, without the visuals of the video. But right, <laughs> like our buddy Sean um, does a lot of like model building and painting and stuff. So does our buddy Ben Layton, who did yeah. the uh, the Blue Harvest logo for us back in the day. Oh right, yeah. And they do some incredible stuff. Like I could see both of them if they haven't seen this video should check this shit out for sure um because it seems right up their alley but instead of you know doing a pre a, like a, a pre-built not pre-built because they built the kits but like a you know an off-the-shelf kit like they're doing this shit from scratch right uh, like real old school style and i, I think it what it does that's really cool is it just reinforces how they went for a very sort of old school Star Wars feel in certain elements of the Mandalorian. Like, um, and I think it shows in the show. Yeah, that makes sense. That that <laughs> aesthetic of original Star Wars. Yeah, and and you know, it's the the cool thing about the Mandalorian to me is they'll do something like that where they'll spend all this time and money making a physical version of the the razor crest to use with like a motion control system like they would back in the day and then they're pushing technology with the whole volume side right. of the production and like i think that's the sweet spot for star wars you know oh absolutely a little bit of the old a little bit of the new like I, that's one of the reasons i think the force awakens hit with me so much was because you know we had they went back to like more practical effects with puppets and models and stuff oh yeah but then on the other hand there wasn't that sort of like technological leap that i was used to seeing in a new star wars you know so i think the mandalorian really hit that balance between both right but I, I think highly, that's true. I highly suggest checking it out because it's pretty fucking sweet. The production <laughs> value of the Mandalorian is incredible. Yeah, and I only expect that this <clears throat> second season will take that up a notch. Right? That's true. Wouldn't you think so? I mean, you would think. Isn't a band's sophomore album usually considered the best? Like, I know there's such I mean, thing as the sophomore slump. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of the opposite, right? Is like, it? You always hear about the sophomore slump. <laughs> but with Star Wars, that's not always necessarily the case, right? Like, Empire, The Last Jedi, yeah, I said That's what it. I mean. That's like, and maybe what I'm thinking about is maybe <laughs> the second movie in a trilogy is always the best. Right, right. Um for me personally, the or same usually can't, can't, I say always, I mean, <laughs> for me, the same can't be said about attack of the clones, but in every other, uh, instance with star Wars, the second one seems to hit with me the most, you know? Right. Agreed. <clears throat> um, I just had a serious brain fart on what I was going to say. You want to do some voicemails and some emails? Yes, please. All right, let's jump into that. Kia D. Kia D. 
only Jedi master who can crash box candy. Cockhead! Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Candy! Cockhead! To stroke his cone and suck on his balls. Candy! Cockhead! What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge. But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow! Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Wynn! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Let me pull up the old mailbag. Santa? <laughs> oh. Dude, I wouldn't want to be the guy that decided whether kids were naughty or nice. For real. You you fucking make the wrong call on some psycho kid and decide he's the he's naughty and don't bring him a Christmas present, then he's got a fucking vendetta against you for the rest of his life. Yeah, like, what do you say? I'll get you next year. By the time you roll around next year, he's already, you know, a supervillain. Yeah. Yeah, you're just hanging out in the North Pole with Mrs. Claus and all your elves. They're building, like, wooden trains and shit. Like, come on, guys, get on the assembly line and make some goddamn PlayStation 5s. Like, what do you think you're doing here with wooden trains and shit? And you're just chilling, smoking your corn cob pipe, eating candy canes, whatever the fuck Santa does in the North Pole. And some fucking incel shows up. And he's like, hey, man, you said I was naughty last year. <laughs> Sounds like a fucking nightmare to me. You won't catch me in the Santa Claus reboot. All I wanted was a Stretch Armstrong. Was that too much to ask? <laughs> knowing my luck. Well, I'm not, not knowing my luck. Um, I kind of already look like fucking young Santa as it is. I'm heading down that path. Dude, I look like Santa Claus, no doubt. Bro, maybe that's how we spend our our uh, our twilight years is as mall Santas. Once we go full gray slash white, yeah, you know what I mean. I'd be such a good Santa. I don't know if the mall could afford me. Uh, yeah, that's we go to the high end malls. Bro. High end mall, and we just right? trade shifts. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. then, like at the end of the year review, they'll be like, "We have a lot of complaints about the one Santa with the fucked up leg, who was like." want a playstation 6 and santa was like well you're getting an x-wing ho 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 <laughs> mm. forcing star wars on kids and shit or getting It'd be like the tenacious d santas <laughs> yeah they're like who are these who are these rock and roll santas well who's the hippie santas santa smells like a skunk santa's eyes were real red and he was just Eating up all kinds of cookies. He said he had the munchies. Smells like PBR. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jesse I've just been watching text. home movies. Oh. And uh, it brings back a lot of memories. The home movies was good. It's like the pre-Bob's Burgers. Jesse just texted me. 
and she's not wrong in saying this, but she said I would quit the job in 20 minutes as a mall Santa. She's not wrong. <laughs> no, no. After the first kid wipes boogers on your jacket or oh. or you have like it's just a brat, the too young kid that just isn't used to Santa. So just screams the entire oh. time. But the parents still want the picture. So you're holding the screaming child like it's OK. Maybe mother- oh, oh, oh. It'd be motherfucking Silent Night, Deadly Night up in that piece real quick. You ever seen that movie? No. About the killer Santa? No, I haven't seen it. I can't say that. It no. was a, that movie series was a big hit in the Burkhart household when I was a kid. My dad even liked Killer Anything was a big hit in your household, I bet. <laughs> yep. Yep. Horror movies were, were uh, a thing for sure. All right. So we have one voicemail and i believe three emails i feel like i'm missing an email uh maybe i am all right um so our first voicemail is from Vinny the mando now that is a name i haven't heard in a long time a long time let's hear what Vinny has to say it's been a while since we've heard from him once more, the Mandalorians will rule the galaxy. And once more, Vinny the Mando will come on Blue Harvest and make a fool of himself. What's up, everybody? Haas and Will. Howdy. It's been a long time. Uh, I got a quick question for y'all. Uh, last episode got me doing all sorts of cock duty speculation. We love it. Uh, specifically on what a Boba Fett redemption arc even looks like. I love the fact that if the rumors are true, uh, Tamora Morrison's gonna come in and possibly don some armor. Um, I wonder what that looks like because the Mandos, mm, we don't play with that empire no more. And the fact that Boba Fett is a known Imperial bounty hunter, ah, that just isn't, that doesn't, ah, that's just not going to sit pretty, you know? I, I really wonder if, like, it'll be something where if Boba Fett isn't officially a Mando, he does something to become a Mandalorian and is brought into either Din Djarin's clan or... Who knows? Anyways, hope y'all are having a great time. Uh, check out my podcast, Docking Bay 3.5. Anyways, talk to you later. Bye! Thanks, Vinny. It's good to hear from you again, my man. And you should check Absolutely. out his podcast. It's really good. Duh. So, <coughs> um, I love this question, right? Right. Man, do I like this question. Because... This question does two things for me. <laughs> the first thing it does is it makes Boba Fett not a quote-unquote bad guy anymore, right? Right. Love that idea. Loving that. That's something, you know, they did something similar in the EU back in the day during, like, the new Jedi Order stuff. <laughs> Secondly, it makes him a Mandalorian again instead of just a dude wearing Mandalorian armor. I am not someone who is a frequent critic of choices that George makes with his universe, right? 
Right. That's one that I was never all a huge fan of. I'm not going to lie. Was the whole Jango and Boba aren't really Mandalorians. They just wear the armor. Yeah. So that's why I like this idea. <clears throat> and I don't know what, if there was going to be a so-called a quote unquote Boba redemption arc, how would you see that going about? Well, or coming about. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe the child saves Boba Fett unarmored and, uh, Boba Fett decides that he has to repay the child in kind so that when some bad comes for him for Din Djarin and the child, Boba Fett, they're like, hey, Boba Fett's like, you got to get through me first. Like, I, I owe the little one. Hmm. I kind of, I like, and that's an uh, uh, approach that I didn't necessarily consider was, <coughs> was the, the child's involvement with Boba Fett, you know? Um, so what I was kind of wondering, like, you know, you asked me a quite like how I think it might happen. And I gave you a hypothetical. I don't know that that's how it's going to happen. That's oh, not I what mean, I'm saying. Nobody knows. How, well, nobody knows if or how that it would happen, if it's even going to happen right. or how it's going to happen, except for, you know, people directly involved with the show. Um, so I was thinking the other day, like, you know, one of the things we've kind of wondered and not just stuff us obviously plenty of people have wondered this what's that um why is it that din and his homies can't take their helmets off yet sabine bo katan you know uh, pre vizsla pretty much any mando we see in the clone wars and rebels they're taking that shit off all the time they can't wait to take their helmets off well and we kind of wondered like why <coughs> why that is right like yeah is does it is it something that went into because my theory was maybe it's something that went into effect after the purge of mandalore or whatever they call it the night that's of exactly what tears. i was gonna say like maybe something bad happened on mandalore after we see it for the last time with ahsoka and maul well, I mean, we know stuff, bad stuff went down on Mandalore post-Clone Wars. <clears throat> we get some of that in Rebels. You know, like, right. Sabine w worked in a, on a crazy fucking weapon of mass destruction and shit. Like, and then there were um, Mandalorians that stayed loyal to the Empire. A bunch of buttheads, those Mandalorians. Like, fuck those Mandalorians. And then, like, Sabine's family and, and stuff, like, sort of rebelled against the Empire, obviously. Right. So we know bad shit went down. And we know they talk about the Night of a Thousand Tears. Isn't that what they call it or whatever in, in The Mandalorian? I need to do I my rewatch. I can't remember, but it's something close to that. So my theory sort of has been that that's why. After that, they decided to stay helmeted, not reveal themselves to other people. But then, and I believe maybe it was on IGN. I can't remember exactly where I saw this theory. It's been about a month ago. They sort of speculated that maybe it has to do with the fact that, you know, all these other Mandalorians that we were talking about, the ones you see in Clone Wars, you see in Rebels, are natively born Mandalorians. 
Whereas like Din Djarin is almost like an adopted Mandalorian. Okay. So like, what is it? A foundling? A foundling. So maybe that's the case with all those Mandalorians that were in that covert. Maybe they were all foundlings. Yeah. and, And maybe that's why they're not allowed to take their helmets off. And who knows? Maybe there's some sort of final trial or final initiation before they're accepted in Mandalorian culture. The thing is, we don't really know the state of Mandalore Mandalorians uh, in the bigger picture, besides right. this this small enclave that we see. I mean, in is this is like we don't even really know much about the way, like. I mean, from what I understand, it's a religion. I mean, it's much more than a religion, but... I mean, yeah. he says, my weapons are my religion or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's more like a creed or like a a way of life. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Uh, that There's definitely plenty of logistical... I don't know if logistical is the right word, but like... Historical? Yeah, questions and, and things like that that really need to be explored. But this is my... A long, long way of coming back around to Vinny's question like and I have kind of envisioned this if if Boba Fett was ever to become a thing post Return of the Jedi again I love the idea of him trying to prove himself as an actual Mandalorian not just a dude in the armor so if they were to take that route with the character you would have a dude that's pretty stoked over here, my friend. I know you would. Like, I really like that idea. and <clears throat> You know, it's it's something that I'm not counting on or that I'm not going to hope for too much because after all the false starts with Boba Fett since Disney bought the franchise, right? you know, seven years ago, um... I'm just not going to get my hopes up. I talk about it all the time. Like, for all I know, Boba Fett is briefly in a flashback this season coming up. You know? Like, I'm not... You know, we got to see how this next season goes before I get too crazy with the cock-a-duty speculating. As much as we love doing a little cock-a-duty speculating here, when it comes to Boba, I got to be careful. I got to steal my heart against it. Or else I'll be fucking, <coughs> you know. Crying in your beer. <laughs> beard. Beard. That's what they, that's what Jesse calls my beard all the time is the, the tear catcher. Really? Yeah, man. Sometimes it's good to cry. Well, bruh, you put on a sad animal video or not even a sad animal video, happy anim- animal video. You put on a video from the goddamn dodo about a dog or a cat or some exotic animal that got rehabilitated. Dude. My kid likes Bluey. And I don't know if you know who Bluey is, uh, but he's like, I, he, it's like sh- Australian, right? She's like an Australian dog. It's an Australian cartoon. Mm-hmm. Any of our Australian listeners will probably know about Bluey. There was one of those episodes of Bluey that made me tear up. Like it was the cool thing about Bluey is that it's like it's it's a cool show for kids, but it's it's basically parenting lessons. Like the way that Bluey's parents are, are like really chill and really encouraging. And like, 
they make it fun. Like there's something to learn for the parents in every episode of Bluey as, as well as the kid. Yeah. Uh, I hear, I've never watched Bluey, but I see like our Australian friends like Catherine Neen and Josh Chapman, Matt Frost, Chris Fresh, like all of them have mentioned Bluey. Matthew Tur- Thurban, but happy birthday this week, by the way, Turbo Buddy. Um, I say this as a consumer of children's media and animation in general. It may be the best children's cartoon in existence. Like it may be. Wow. It's the coolest, most wholesome, most understanding. It's like really cool. It's the best thing there is. Damn. Well, that's high praise. Louie deserves it. <clears throat> All right. Okay. So we got an email from Utah. Utah. Dougie. Dougie. He said, did somebody say Blue Harvest Mando watch party? Yes, please. I assume he's referring to this new feature that Disney Plus is adding called, it might be called Watch Party or something like that, where you can watch stuff on Disney Plus with your friends at the same time. I wonder how hard that would be to coordinate sometime. I'm pretty sure Netflix has that in already. Like, I'm pretty sure it's not that hard. Yeah, I think Netflix did, but Disney Plus just sort of recently introduced it. Right, right, right. Oh, man. I wonder how hard it would be to... Tune the trumpet. Did you hear that little trumpet? (laughs) I heard the trumpet. Huh. I wonder if the mic picked up that little trumpet. Um, I wonder how hard it would be to organize, like, getting together and watching the Mando with some folks. Um, I don't know, man. I, I know my crazy ass is going to be watching that shit at like 2 a.m. the minute it goes live, if I can. Yeah. So, uh, I bet you we can figure something out. If it's not Mando, I bet you we could do a fun Disney watch party. Disney Plus watch party at some point, though. It is a I'm fun. Sure it is a fun idea. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got one last email, and then we'll call it a night. This is from Kim. Hello to the podcast Lords Halls and Will. I never Google imaged what my favorite moisture farmers look like, but I recently saw a piece of advertising, as in a TV commercial, for a Canadian bank and saw this actor that made me think, that's what motherfucking Halls probably looks like. I wish he said what ad it was so we could look it up. Yeah, right. Uh, hilariously, it was this bearded guy that hugged his kid. Uh, that was probably more Will than me. Uh, ignited the green that night for sure, but that's besides the point. I obviously have Star Wars on the brain and thought some soul searching and through some soul searching, I think I might know why I got the trilogy on the brain. We sit now on the precipice of the greatest deluge of Star Wars programming post original trilogy since just before the prequels. I remember pre-episode one as a taut and heady time. Much praise was heaped atop episode one before its release, but the praise turned to scorn, and we know the bad seeds it sowed. But now, after an excellent first season of The Mandalorian hours away, and all future 
Star Wars currently being programmed by Disney Plus, is this the most Star Wars optimism since before this mo- before the, the sequel trilogy? I felt a metric ton of optimism when Star Wars Insider revealed Obi-Wan st- stood for original body one, but what ifs? Is this the bad ev- best ever? Mad love, your Canadian Jedi homeboy, Kim. P.S. Will and Halls, metal-wise, how proggy or thrashy are your bangers? Rush, Sabbath, Megadeth, Municipal Waste, where besides Tool does your metal hearts lie? <clears throat> oh boy. Um, you know, I think... I think Metal, <laughs> it comes from hell. Uh, I think we're in a pretty optimistic time for star wars you know i think the first season of mandalorian being so good and well regarded helps going into the second season you know sometimes you just got to get away from star wars social media and enjoy what star wars you enjoy you know right like because star wars related social media can really make you feel like the dumbass in the class when you like something while people are shitting on it you know Right. So I think, you know, I'm a little less concerned with the overall uh, masses uh, uh, masses thoughts on Star Wars as I am just my own, you know? Like, that's right. kind of the place. I'm, I mean, of course, I want people to really like Star Wars, and I want Star Wars to be super successful so I get more Star Wars. But at the end of the day, if I'm happy with it, that's kind of where I'm most satisfied, you know? Right. But I do think a lot of goodwill was garnered with that first season of The Mandalorian, and I hope it just continues on, not just with the second season of The Mandalorian, but with Cassian and Obi-Wan and whatever the fuck else is down the road, you know? Three years from now, when we're getting ready for the next theatrical Star Wars movie, fucking knock, knock on wood, given the current events, you know, right? That's what I'm looking forward to, man. A fresh start, right? Like, <clears throat> I love the sequel trilogy, but the sequel trilogy was always going to be built off the back of the original trilogy and in the shadow of the public perception of the prequel trilogy right like right right like yeah go ahead go ahead no you're right like they were always going to compare it to the prequel trilogy and it was always going to be slave to what happened to luke and leia right there would not be a freedom from that or han or chewie from that right what happened has to be you know addressed right so um i'm looking forward to an, an era of star wars where we're free of that, a fresh start, new characters, hopefully a new era unattached to that stuff. You no know, longer bound by preconceived stories. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's notions. exciting. And I just really hope <clears throat> the general public connects with that because if they connect with that and it's successful, we'll get more of those stories. And I'm a firm believer that eventually, in our lifetime, we will see an episode 10, 11, 12. But I hope they give storytelling not connected to those previous nine movies their fair shot before we go back to that. You know, that way, 
when we do go back to those characters, do when we do pick up the story of Ray or you know things that take place at pe- post episode nine, it's super exciting that we're we miss those characters. We're ready to see them again, you know. Right, and we're know that they're in good hands and going to be treated right. Yeah, <laughs> so that's my hope, and uh, I just I can't wait. Now, as far as his uh, his PS. Um, I like all those bands. You, re- I love Rush. I love Sabbath, Megadeth. Not the biggest Municipal Waste fan, but I don't dislike them. Metallica, I'm a huge fan of. Kill Switch Engage. Um, with the Howard sword. Jones, The Sword, love The Sword. Um, um, Ghost, I really like. And I don't know that you really even Baby Metal. I like Baby Metal. I'm looking through my. The music on my phone like a little danzig death clock fucking love death clock right um goat snake iron maiden uh yeah man i mean i like a lot of metal there's there's definitely sort of a um a lane of metal that i enjoy i'm not a overall like if it's metal, I like it, you know? Was there a band called Witch that you put on my iPod? Yeah, I'll, Witch, their first album. I don't know if I ever explored more past that first album. That's an album that, like, Steve and Brad got me into shortly after. It was good. Like, yeah. I can see why they got you into it. Three Inches of Blood is a band I really like. Um. So, yeah. I'm a fan of the metal. I don't even know that Tool technically qualifies as metal, really. I don't know. I mean, they're kind of their own thing, I guess. You can if you want to, but like that's not the only place it fits. Yeah, that's one of those things, man. Like music genres, I feel like I always say the wrong thing. I'll be like, "Oh, that's that's metal," and people will be like, mm, "Actually, that's um, that is a death metal. That's progressive metal. adult alternative." Yeah, and it's just like I don't know, man. I like this band regardless of whatever genre it fits into. I like heavy music. How's that work for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. and not just that either. I I have definitely in the past twenty years ish diversified my listening interest quite a bit from what I listened because that's all I listened to as like a high schooler you know I've definitely diversified quite a bit since then I mean I saw the part of hell where the metal doth dwell (laughs) and no one can destroy the metal the metal Um, will strike you down with a vicious blow um, I think that does it for us this week, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry if it was a bit of a short one this week, guys, but you have two fellas that are itching to get in the cockpit of some starfighters and hang out with their friends. Ooh, ooh. That's what, that's what we got on the brain, and that is what we are going to head off and do here now. Uh, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. We're sitting at about 2.05 now, so big shout-out and thanks to everyone that has left one. Let's make that slow creep to uh, 300. Go by a little quicker. Um, 
If you like our theme song, please be sure to check out the band <laughs> that was kind enough to provide the music. They're Stoned Cobra. You can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. And that's going to do it for us this week. Next week, expect some more in-depth squadrons, hands-on discussion. As I'm Almost sure. definitely. Yeah. So I'm sure Will and I will have had a lot more time with it then. And uh, if you guys are playing, be safe. Uh, shoot, shoot down some TIE Fighters. This has been Blue Harvest. I'm Hallsberg. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. <coughs> awesome. May the Force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>